I'm Craig Fisher, and this is Inside Talent. Hello, I'm Craig Fisher, and I am here today with Brandon Samut, Chief People Officer for Zapier, and Carrie Wang, CEO of Searchlight. Uh, Zapier is not just one of our favorite tech tools, they are growing rapidly. We're going to talk today a little bit of how they're doing that, their sort of method of talent acquisition as a remote organization, and how they've partnered with Searchlight uh, to sort of hire and retain the right people. Uh, Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your journey to Zapier? Of course, Craig and Carrie, great to be with you. So I'm Brandon. I grew up uh, just outside of Detroit, and uh, most of my career has had something to do with building systems to help people realize their potential. I started off in higher education, working with first-generation college students to increase on-time graduation rates, then came to an organization called Teach for America. It's really focused on building talent pipelines for K-12 education in the U.S., um, there, uh, I had my first foray into talent acquisition. So my, my first love in the people and culture space is right, right on our topic today. From there, I uh, went back to school, did an MBA and a master's in education, really interested in future of work, the role that technology can play, and how we can kind of ride that wave to expand opportunity for as many people as possible. After that, I went into tech. Uh, started doing technical business development at a fantastic company called LiveRamp. It's a data connectivity business. Uh, but about a year in, uh, I was found out my, my talent and culture roots uh, showed through and I was invited to build out uh, LiveRamp's people team. And we did over about five years. We grew that uh, company from about 150 to 1300 people, one country to 13 countries. And then last year, 2021, got a call from Wade Foster, co-founder and CEO at Zapier at a time when I could not have been farther uh, from looking for another job. But um, like you, Craig, I did know about Zapier as a product. I think it's really cool. And uh, for someone who loves doing talent and culture work, I really affiliate with Zapier's 100% remote operating model and the opportunity to uh, team up with folks from all over the world. Uh, and it's just this boundaryless like team formation strategy really stuck out to me from afar. And I started to get pretty excited about the prospect of actually coming onto the team and helping Zapier in its next chapter. Excellent. I love it. Uh, I love seeing my favorite tools and companies succeed and grow. This is fun. Uh, speaking of my favorite tools and companies, uh, Searchlight has been a partner with TalentNet Live uh, for the last year or so, and we are really excited to have Carrie Wang here. Carrie, tell us a little bit about you and Searchlight. Yes, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, Glad to be part of this great discussion. And like Brandon, I'm also a people and talent geek. I studied org behavior while at Stanford in my undergrad, have been part of my fair share of teams. I've been part of magical teams where it feels like we can run through walls together. And I've also been part of dysfunctional teams where just nothing goes right. And so I'm just passionate about how we can really, correct, uh, really create engaged and connected teams at scale. And then I studied uh, human-computer interaction, which is all about how do we use technology to augment uh, humans and in, in our connections with one another. My journey at Searchlight started with actually my personal experience. 
uh, as a job candidate going out on the job search myself. I had accidentally ended up with the same resumes with my twin sister, Anna, CS degrees from Stanford. We worked at companies like Google and McKinsey. And when we went out into the job search, people would just say, even after rigorous interviews, that we were the same person, even though we're not. We have very different working styles, different career aspirations. And so that got us thinking that there's a, a talent data gap in the way that we're hiring and retaining talent today. And if we filled it, well, it would be win-win for everyone, the candidates to find a place where they belonged and uh, that it would be great for companies to build the winning teams they need to, to hit their business goals. Now, one of my core philosophies in building great products is to work hand in hand with the core users and the practitioners. And so I am so uh, grateful that Zapier has been a strategic partner with Searchlight from, I would say, our first year uh, after launch, um, where we connected uh, Zapier being a very data-driven and rigorous company, had done a market search for the right partner for them. And they said that Searchlight was the best in terms of our data capabilities, in particular, really helping them build out their remote workforce. And so ever since then, we've had a tight partnership where Zapier provides great product feedback and we get to build with them. Well, that sounds like fun to me. I, uh, I think partnerships like that are what make the world go round. And when you've got you know, willing partners on both sides to flex and iterate, uh, everyone's um, opportunity and experience gets better. So that's exciting stuff. Uh, Brandon, Zapier has seen remarkable growth over the last two years, like 88%, right? And even over the last year, a 37% growth rate, uh, much of that growth is happening in tech, but also hugely in HR and people. So it sounds like you're building a solid foundation there. Uh, tell us about that strategy. Of course. Well, the, that strategy is part of the reason why I was excited to come to Zapier in the first place. Um, you know, I believe that if you want to build an enduring organization and you believe that talent and culture strategy is part of the fuel for that, you know, you, you ideally want to invest at, in the people organization or in those people and talent capabilities, at least at pace with your overall team's growth or uh, ideally slightly ahead of it. Right, because as as goes, for example, the talent acquisition engine of the organization or the learning and development organization of that engine, um, you know, so goes you know the rest of the company. And in talking with Wade and the leadership team here at Zapier, um, just such clear alignment on that approach uh, from our very first conversations. And so you see that reflected in how we're growing here, where absolutely the overall team is growing at exactly the rates that you mentioned, and our people team is growing along with it pretty aggressively to make sure that, um, you know, we don't simply grow, but we grow in a truly healthy way. Yeah, that it, it sounds purposeful to me. And I think that's something that we lose a lot in the way we go about hiring. It's copied from what we did 15 years ago and then duct taped and, and stapled. And it's not it's not nearly as uh, purposeful as it should be lots of times, especially with companies that have grown rapidly. Um, you know, we, we get what we started with 10, 15 years ago, and 
maybe we've looked at it once or twice as an organization, but what you're doing sounds way more purposeful than that. So at a growth level such as this, it seems like you'd need to focus on hiring and retaining the right people, which you are. Uh, what are you doing to ensure you're identifying and keeping the right people? That's a good question, Craig. And you know, this is a this is a truly big challenge and opportunity, right? Companies of all sizes and companies 10 hundred times Zapier size are also thinking about the same thing. And we can talk later about. Um, you know, from a systems point of view, like how we think about that in terms of our, our data model or how we use data to inform some of those hiring decisions or, you know, creating mobility opportunities across the company. And it actually starts with, uh, with transparency, which is actually one of Zapier's five values. And here's what I mean by that. You know, if, if Zapier is in the market or any organization is in the market and talking about what they're all about and what it's really like to work at the organization, where there's opportunity and where there may not be immediate opportunity to grow in a certain role. You know, all of these details that a lot of candidates and job seekers are interested in learning about. The organization is incredibly transparent and incredibly honest about the answers to those questions. Like that, that's half of it, at least half of it right there. You know, even the fastest growing organizations um, do not need to be or do not need to, to posture as though they're the best place to work for everybody. I'm going to agree with that 100%. I think, I think, so it's an overused term, but transparency wins the day in this situation. And doing employer branding right means uh, emphasizing the great things about the organization and acknowledging at least the things that might not be right for everyone and things that you know, we need to work on as well. And so, you know, striving for excellence is, is important, but you have to acknowledge where you are right now at some point uh, along the way in order to attract the right people. And Carrie, it seems like you're doing some of that as well. Uh, we just talked about this. You're also rapidly growing. And you said that your talent has come in in an inbound manner. And that's something we all strive for. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I feel uh, so grateful and honored that all three search letters that even just started yesterday came inbound. Uh, and it's a testament to how much that we have tried as well, learning from Zapier to be transparent about what it's like to work at Searchlight and authentic. And this idea of having authentic employer brands is coming up a lot more. And we're seeing it a lot uh, in the current market where there's all these stats that say 52% of people that have joined new jobs within the last six months to 12 months are seriously looking at new jobs because there hasn't been um, an authentic way that companies have portrayed themselves. Uh, so at Searchlight, there's this idea that we wanna help people hire the right thing for their companies or hire for the right characteristics for their company, hire for the right culture, but it starts with even understanding what that right talent looks like. And it's actually <laughs> really surprising when I first started, just actually not many companies knowing what that right talent looks like. And we have a way of really looking at talent across four things, competencies, soft skills, culture alignment, and career aspirations, as Brandon mentioned. And it's really about finding the match across all four of those things and being honest when those aren't a match 
And that's what leads you to be able to hire people that can confidently perform and stay. Again, we're doing it with purpose. I love this. Uh, and there are some psychometric tools out there, assessments and things like that, that companies have used for a while. And I don't think that they do the right things all the time necessarily. And I'm, you know, a fan of each company doing things their own way, but Searchlight, as we've seen, helps in ways that psychometric assessments just can't. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at sort of external factors and we're looking at communication abilities and we're looking at all kinds of things that um, make a right fit in an organization that your average psychometric valuation just doesn't touch. Uh, and, you know, along those lines, if you can at the same time remove some bias from your process and encourage diversity, uh, you know, it's, it's a triple win right there. And so, you know, that kind of brings me to a question I have about Zapier's diversity initiative. It's, it's an interesting one. You call it D-I-B-E. Is it an acronym or is it just letters? Tell me about it. Yeah, good question, Craig. It's an acronym. Uh, it stands for diversity, inclusion, belonging, inequity. And there's a very specific approach that, that we've chosen uh, for our uh, Dibby work, our diversity work uh, here at Zapier. And, and the simplest way to put it is Dibby as DNA. And what we really mean by that is that when you think about like the places where, whether it's for customers or for your own workforce or other stakeholders, like where, where does diversity or where does inclusion, where does belonging, like where does equity, like where does that really show up? Like it, it, it's infused, right? Throughout their experience with the company, right? It, it's infused in the experience of using the product and how accessible it is. It's infused in, um, you know, the, the language we use, the examples we share. Um, it is infused in how opportunities are surfaced and decisioned. Uh, it shows up every time someone's performance is evaluated. It shows up every time someone's creating an invitation list for an event <laughs> or a panel. Like these, these are all the places. So in, in many ways, like, you know, what we mean by Divi is DNA. It's like, we want to basically um, plumb or design um, elements of equity and inclusion throughout, you know, almost every conceivable part of how Zapier operates. And so we do have a phenomenal head of Dibby, Maggie Roque, here at Zapier to help orchestrate and coordinate that work. But the actual work itself is meant to be driven, you know, throughout the company by people who wake up every day actually working on those core products, whether it's a, you know, system for, you know, a recruiting system or workflow, a, um, you know, pay and performance workflow, a product design workflow. So that's how we've been thinking about it. All right, so I've got an off-the-cuff question that I, I think about a lot. What about exit interviews? Does it affect even to that level of when people leave the organization? Have you gotten that purposeful and thoughtful about it? Um, you bet, yep. And, and we talk about uh, like how do we, like what are the learning loops we create through exit interviews? And um, we also think about all the other sources of, of perspective and insight we get much earlier in the employee experience. Your exit interviews are useful to a degree, um, 
but at least for that particular individual, it's already too late at that point. And so like uh, some other organizations in more recent times, like we've also been encouraging managers to do stay interviews, which um, is really something I, I would encourage like every leader to do with their people in good times and in hard times. Cause what is a, what is a stay interview? It's really just a open, like, you know, kind of predictable frequency conversation about how things are going. It's a chance to uh, sense check whether the manager is still uh, aware of where that person is hoping their role will take them in their career and in their life. And it gives both people an opportunity to talk about points of friction and points of opportunity. And so, you know, like so many things, uh, you know, you hear something like that and you're like, well, that's pretty simple. You know, it, it really does get back to the notion of doing like common things uncommonly well and uh, figuring out how to pull out some of that insight in a more structured way. Or like, how do you, how do you actually like structure that data? Uh, becomes really interesting so that, you know, individual conversations may be happening. And then the question is like, are there themes, right? And so, you know, Carrie and the work that we're doing with you all, you know, even the original kind of workflow that we we had started working on together with uh, reference checks, like that was so meaningful for us because it took the old way of doing this very common thing where you kind of call around and you, you hope to catch people when you're already trying to make an offer and then you're taking notes on a sheet of paper, maybe like, you know, uh, somewhere on your computer, but it's never rolled up and the questions can be different every time. Right. So you just, we miss the opportunity to pull it all together. And on top of that, um, the, the kind of air rate, right. For that old way of doing things is, is pretty meaningful. So um, it's really interesting to start a relationship that way because the value we got out of structuring that particular part of our uh, interview experience was, was almost immediate. Well, how very progressive and refreshing to hear that. I love stay interviews. I love rethinking reference checks and how it affects the initial interview process. Uh, Carrie, I know that Searchlight is very intentional about how it helps to affect a program like Dibby. Um, tell us a little more about that and, and the thought that's been put into it and, and sort of what's behind it and how it works. Yeah, I wanna, yes, and everything Brandon said about how uh, DIBE, D-I-B-E is just DNA. And actually for a lot of organizations, their DNA is in their values. And one thing that's really um, stood out with Zapier even from the beginning is how thoughtfully they've hired for their values. And we incorporated that assessment against values into the assessment process that we created using references. I mean, what's a better way of, there is no better way of understanding what someone's like to work with and how they behave around values than through the people who've actually worked with them before. And we realized that it is actually one of the most fair ways as well to assess against values as you hire across different geographies and across different cultures. And so in terms of how we've, uh, made a commitment to uh, DEIB, as we call it at Searchlight. Uh, it's from the very beginning, we have done regular audits of our algorithms, of our assessments to ensure they have no adverse impact so that the matches that we surface and the insights that we surface do not in any way bias against any demographic group. I love it. All right, well, there's, a lot of things to consider when you are a fully remote company 
and Zapier is one of Zapier, Zapier. I just did it again. Zapier is one of the original uh, remote employers when that started becoming a, you know, a thing that people were talking about. And is that difficult on a recruiting team? Is it, are there challenges there? Brandon, you started a, a recruitment or a recruiter incubator for technical recruiters sometime last year. What was behind that and, and sort of what are the obstacles that your teams have? Yeah, good question, Craig. You know, what we were solving for there was in some ways fairly simple, which is that the, you know, the uh, only role uh, that most tech companies were having a harder time recruiting for than uh, engineers were the people who recruit engineers, right? So tech, technical recruiters. And um, we were having that challenge too. And so um, something I've, I had admired about Zapier from afar before I joined is just these, these like, unconventional and especially thoughtful ways of thinking about like how to develop talent, right? So we're talking a little bit directly right now about how to acquire talent. But in this particular case, you know, when the market's so tight and when you're also aiming to grow representation or diversity, when you look at all of that, it's like, we need to do something different than what other organizations are doing if we want a different outcome than what most organizations are getting. And this technical recruiter accelerator program is one example of that, whereby we said, you know what? Um, we do understand there are certain knowledge sets that are required to be a really great technical recruiter that are built on top of the core competencies of just a good recruiter of any type. But we can teach that once people get here. So why don't we why don't we open up our funnel to just really amazing recruiters, recruiters who are aligned with our values, recruiters who are aligned with our commitment uh, to diversifying our workforce, uh, recruiters who understand how to maintain like a bar of excellence, you know, as a company's scaling as it relates to the talent you're bringing in. And then we'll, we'll teach folks the rest. Folks can come in as a, again, like full-time, full pay on day one. We take accountability for your training and we'll help you make this bridge into your first technical recruiting role. So that was the spirit behind it. I love that. I love uh, the idea that a good recruiter is a good recruiter. Instincts are instincts. You know, good background, good training is, is universal. Uh, I run into, well, my business is process improvement and, you know, recruiting operations excellence. And I run into employers all the time who don't make that investment. They, they need to hire some recruiters quickly. So they hire people that are inexperienced in recruiting. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's hard to teach. It's much easier to teach technical terms than it is to teach recruiting in general, right? And so they end up with teams that are trying to learn both things at the same time. And it's an uphill, uphill battle. So I, I love the incubator idea. I love uh, the thought that, uh, you know, bring in, bring in solid people and teach them the tech terms. That's, that's, that's brilliant. So uh, Carrie, one of the things that I've been wondering about is, you know, there are great tools for technology out there um, uh, for talent uh, out there. And how do teams operationalize uh, that sort of tech? I mean, very often I'm asked 
to look at a company's tech stack and make suggestions. You need this or you need that. Pull that lever. Do this. Don't do that. But the tools don't get used, right? You're paying, you know, half a million dollars for a CRM that nobody uses properly, uh, and it's it's ubiquitous. I mean, there every company has a situation like that. Uh, for, for you know, applicant tracking system or other tech that you know, it, it's, it's vacant uh, half the time. So how do we avoid that? And, and how can talent teams operationalize technology better? That's a wonderful question. And it's something that I believe we answer hand in hand with our users and our customers. And how to operationalize Searchlight at Zapier is something that I actively talk to Brandon about, and I have monthly conversations with his awesome Talent Insights team to make sure that we are working within their existing workflows. So one of our core principles uh, is how do we actually meet our users already where they work and not try to make them go to a separate system? So um, from the very beginning, we invested in our integrations and Searchlight integrates with almost every single ATS and HRIS system out there. And you can imagine that it's almost like a, a product on its own maintaining these uh, integrations, but it's worth it because it means that it's much easier to operationalize uh, the technology and the insights that uh, we're building for these teams. And I would just say that it is so awesome and to be able to build for talent teams in particular, because companies, if you think about it, are just a group of people that are aligned towards a common mission and recruiters, talent teams, people teams are on the front lines of being able to bring in those people that make up that company. They're literally building uh, the company of people that are driving all these great results uh, in the world. And so to be able to empower them to not only hire faster, but to hire smarter, to be able to improve their quality of hire, uh, that's something that, uh, makes me passionate and drives me to keep going. So that signals to me a bright future for people first organizations everywhere and especially customers of Searchlight. Uh, and, you know, we should, you know, not be remiss and let everyone know that you can find Searchlight at searchlight.ai. Uh, I, I'm a big fan. Brandon, what does the future hold for Zapier? Well, um, we're going to take another big step, uh, another couple of big steps towards our mission, which is to make automation work for everyone. And this is just such a it's such an important problem that Zapier is working on, right? Which is to bring the power of automation uh, from both a uh, kind of affordability and ease of use perspective to people and organizations that typically, uh, for whom that type of technology would be out of reach. Like the, the automation that, that Zapier makes possible is uh, aimed at helping people be more human, right? Taking away the most tedious parts of the work we do so that we can spend more time doing the things that humans do best. Like what an amazing mission to get to work on every day. And so Zapier had its 10th birthday last fall, have over half a million, you know, accounts and, and you know, millions of people who use Zapier, you know, every month. And when you look at the kind of overall demand for what Zapier is doing, it's just so much bigger. And that gets us really excited about what's possible. And so, you know, we talked at the top of our conversation today about the investment that Zapier is making 
in people. Well, all of that is in service of making big investments uh, in our product for our customers. So at the end of the day, it's all about our mission. It's all about our customers and our people are what's making it possible. Well, as a day one customer, <laughs> I just want to say thank you. And we, your customers, appreciate you. Thank you, Carrie, and thank you, Brandon. This has been uh, enlightening for me, and I think it will be for the talent acquisition audience of Inside Talent. Join us again next time. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>